Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Volume. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to a brand new episode of Snaps. And, well... It's a big boy, and uh, within the hour, about an hour ago, we're recording this Wednesday at noon central, January 3rd. Uh, it was just announced that LSU will be firing the entirety of its defensive staff, a purple wedding, if you will. Mm. Um, I got the news last night. I'll explain that story. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, but you never quite know if these things are going to come to pass or not. Um, but it appears that it did. So um, a lot to get to. Aaron, what's going on, man? Feel like 10 seconds while I tweet out the link. Yeah, uh, I, I bet you feel pretty good right now. I'm sure LSU fans feel pretty good as well of of moving on from, from what they witnessed this year. Because you're not used to seeing it. Like, I think me personally, I think LSU, I think great defense. You know, and maybe that's because yeah. you and I played in an era of LSU where you know you were used to watching games that were like fourteen to ten or fourteen to seven or the national championship for South Bay. Like it was always LSU had dudes on that side of the football. LSU was was always the talk of like DBU, and and that side of the football was always just littered with first rounders. And then you turn on the TV this year, and it was it was embarrassing. And and the stats showed it when it's all said and done. Um, and it just was not even a good look. As we talked about the game from this past weekend versus Wisconsin, a Wisconsin offense that was not, I want to use the word horrendous, but not a very uh, well, talented offense this year. And they looked pretty damn good. Well, they were horrendous. Year. No, no, they were, yeah. they were horrendous. Look yeah. at numbers. They were, they were really bad. And uh, at LSU beat, this guy, Cameron Robertson, uh, had a good tweet that lays out what you could call the Tanner Mordecai problem. Mm-hmm. That is of the 12 FBS quarterbacks that LSU faced this season, five of the 12 either had season or career high passing totals against the LSU mm. defense, a defense that used to strike fear into their enemies. Um, mm-hmm. 42%. Of opposing quarterbacks had their best day of the year against LSU. Uh, you finished 104th in stop rate, uh, which is up from the 133rd that you occupied for much of the season. But still, 50. If if, if a team got the ball against LSU, they scored 56.2 time. Meaning every time the team touched the ball, if you did a coin flip, it was more likely than not that the other team would score. Um, they were ranked 105th total defense. They allowed over six yards of play, 416 yards a game. Um, 20- I think the best thing, right? There, I mean, you want to go to look at stats uh, here, T. Uh, 
I think you don't like the stats. I mean, they are the only team worse than them in the SEC when it comes to defensive stats for the season is Vanderbilt. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 that's the category that you're in this season. It's not, you know, we're, we're Kentucky or Auburn or Arkansas. Like, no, but no, you're on the same level as Vanderbilt defensively, as Vanderbilt. I mean, you're giving up you're only two defenses in the SEC this year gave up over 400 yards per game. Vanderbilt at 454. LSU at 417 yards per game. Uh, the next team was was uh, South Carolina at 395. Like, yeah. That, that, you can't tell me that a defense that has multiple first-rounders, a, a, and it started from the beginning of the season, it started from FSU, uh, of, 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 of the, the, the intent of the season, of, first off, like putting Harold Perkins in a position where he wasn't able to see ball, get ball. Yeah, that, you knew, that, you knew Harold Perkins, and he still had okay stats. But like he 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 even found so Harold Perkins ended up finding his way to five and a half sacks and thirteen TFLs, a very good season for most mm. people. No, no, for most people, most right? People, not not but Harold Perkins. Good. The only reason he even arrives at those type of numbers is just because he's that undeniable. If you had used him and featured him, and well, he he could have blown up like he did. Last year, um, he was a shell I, I, what he was a year ago. He was literally do, a shell of what he was a year ago. Yeah, he just disappeared. Yeah, Mike Mike Gold Jr. tweeted very well uh, a few weeks back after one of the big games where he said, "Man, it just makes me sad watching yeah. Harold Perkins Jr. this year." I would say this um, at, the, at the onset of all this because there is a lot of excitement amongst the fan base, right? And I can never escape the uh, the similarities between like. Uh, medieval times and college football and the people demanded blood. They wanted mm-hmm. heads roll and they got it. And the people are excited, right? The public execution is taking place. Everybody's out in the street. They're dancing on the bodies. There is a human element of this that I empathize with. And I do feel very badly about, okay. Nobody wants to see anybody lose their job. These people have families. A lot of these are families that would have, mm-hmm moved to Baton Rouge recently, and now you have kids who are having to watch other grown adults talk about their fathers in very disparaging ways. Um, I do. I mean, I'm just mentioning this to say that I empathize with it, and maybe even that is a bit insincere, calloused, because all this just comes with a but. And the but is that that is coaching. And you know what you're going to do. And especially when you accept a job at a psycho college football place. You go be an NFL position coach, you'll make great money, and nobody's going to know who the fuck you are. Mm-mm. Cares about who the Cardinals linebackers coach is. Nobody cares about who the Saints uh, safeties and coach is, right? But when you get in the college game and everybody's a little throwed off and a little more obsessed, you're accepting that public ridicule may come if you fail to do your job. And that is the thing mm-hmm. that is the other reality. The reality is, first off, when you take one of these jobs, you operate with a large profile. And the second part is, um, if you don't do well, you're going to lose your job. Yep. Um, now you're now, now you are paid very well. Right. And so, and so that is kind of the offsetting portion of all this. And I, and I guess I just don't want people to think that I'm just sitting here completely, um, just not cognizant of there like is some sadness here, but at the end of the day, this is a good thing for LSU football, just in terms of on the field, trying to win the game. So here's the official statement from LSU head coach, Brian Kelly quote, this morning, I met with Madhouse, Kerry Cooks, Robert Steekles, and Jimmy Lindsay to inform them that they would not return to our coaches staff in 2024. I want to thank each of these coaches for their work on behalf of our football program and our institution during their time here. Decisions like this are always difficult. We do not make them lightly, but they are made with the best interests of our program and our student-athletes in mind. Moving forward, we will continue to build a championship-caliber coaching staff in support of our mission to graduate champions. So House Cooks, Steeples, Lindsay, <coughs> full purple wedding here I, I i i think there's some numerous things that would frustrate lsu fans from this season one obviously being in the same category as vanderbilt which i laid out with a, a lot of the stats two you look at the schedule and we look at the sec as a whole this year it wasn't like there's a dominant this wasn't a very dominant offensive year this season there wasn't a lot of elite quarterbacks no it wasn't a lot of elite playmaker like you look at the west right now and it, i mean look at alabama and, and you look at the fact that Alabama put 42 on you. You look at some of the other scores 
throughout the season for LSU. You're like, how, how, how are those teams doing? I thought you laid out nicely too, T, where you talk about the quarterbacks having their best game of the season against LSU. So like you weren't in the Pac-12. You weren't in some of these conferences that were you know, run by a bunch of elite quarterbacks. You were in, a, a as we've seen this year, a weaker SEC, a weaker offensive SEC, and you were still giving up those kind of stats. And then the, the kind of the, the, the trifecta for the entire thing on top of that was you wasted a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. You that's where the real fun. anger. Yeah, that's think, where the real anger is. that where the real anger is? Well, no, no, no. I mean, look, I think the real I mean, anger I think, I think is like also objectively, it, uh, objectively, it was just so god awful as to be inexplicable, right? So, right. like, off just looking at the defense, it was probably bad enough to be fired. But if you're talking about what's the motivation behind raising the probably six million dollars that it took to clean the entire staff it's because you had a championship caliber offense like i saw mm -hmm. some takes that lsu would have won the natty with a better defense maybe that goes a step too far what you can feel very comfortable saying this was absolutely a national championship caliber offense mm -hmm. and if you had had it now if you'd had a very good defense yeah you would have been right there but even if you'd had an average defense you I probably mean, finished I, top 10 what's in the, the country. What's, it, what's the difference between them and Washington if you had a good defense? I mean, I, Washington's the, yeah. the, 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 your, your perfect, uh, essentially brother in this situation when it comes to, you know, uh, comparisons here, your sibling of you both have elite offenses. You're built with quarterbacks that are going to be drafted inside the top 10. You have two of the best receiving cores in America. I mean, those are the two best receiving cores in America. You have two of the best offensive lines in America. Washington won the Joe Morwet Award. I thought LSU should have gotten it. LSU was a finalist. Your offense and defense, your offenses are identical, identical. And I think LSU is better because they actually have a run game. They've they've Jaden's legs plus running backs. Like it was a better offense in Washington. I would take LSU's offense over the Washington Huskies' offense today. Yeah, all you yeah. had to I mean, do it's, it's awesome was be awesome. an average yeah, defense, which Washington yeah. was the majority of the season. That's all you had to do. Yeah, and um, I mean, you would certainly beat Ole Miss. FSU would have still been up in the air. Alabama would have still been up in the air. But again, championship relevant is the verbiage that I'm using. Look at who's back, our boy, our resident purple and gold, Washington, mm. Turner Young, $5 super chat. Congrats, Jaden Daniels. I will forever make you this generation's Eric Crouch. Painting that as a Michael Penix Jr. quote. And um, then Turner Young, Air Murray finna made me cry right now. Another five dollars. Oh, we missed you yesterday, Turner. Um, we'll get to Washington. Don't worry, that's coming up later. But uh, but yeah, no, because somebody else asked. Wait, so everybody at one hundred four five ESPN is telling me that they can. That's sorry, that's a local radio station. I'm on here, very plugged in LSU. And they're like, everybody's telling us that they don't have the money to uh, to make this change. So what happened? And this is where I think it gets a bit fascinating. So last mm -hmm. night, I'm watching Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, all four hours of it in one go. My family's out of town. Oof. And uh, so much needed information, I get a text from my guy, um, a very plugged in guy, and it's like, hey, you know, it's happened. I'm like, what? So, so I call him, we talk for, for a bit. And this is a guy who is very, very plugged in, right? And not even he learned about this uh, until very recently. Uh, so basically, I guess what I'm saying is like, whatever the truth of the money was, because I heard a lot of different things and there's multiple sources and everybody tells you different things. You never quite know what to believe in college football and everybody thinks they know. Right. Um, but I'd heard that they tried to get the money and weren't able to get it, blah, blah, blah. But there was, and this is how, and I'll say this for Scott Woodward, the AD, nobody knew about the Brian Kelly hire and everybody yeah. it seems to like, it is so hard to keep a secret in this town. This is a very much a, a um a small like whatever you'd say like a small village big town sort of like word gets <laughs> around is all i'm saying right and nobody knew about kelly there was incredible misdirection where the most plugged in people thought it was lincoln riley um even people flew out to see lincoln riley stuff at, for a meeting that never happened but um so the point is this was pretty masterfully done in terms of getting all the ducks in a row get the money lined up and finding that money somewhere, but then not having anyone know that it was actually going to happen. So, um, was it was this so decision made? Was this decision from from your conversation? Was this decision made pre or post bowl game? 
I don't know the exact timing. I don't know. I mean, it would feel it would feel like uh, you know, obviously the bowl game would feel like potentially a Strasburg Camel's back, but it's such a sweeping thing and so much mm-hmm. money had to be raised. I find it a little hard to believe that it could just be made in two days. I Though agree. in the post-game press conference, Kelly did talk about, you know, now we'll do our defensive staff evaluation. So I imagine, you know, a bit of that was they've already been doing their defensive staff evaluation. So um it's it's uh it was especially interesting because as I'm watching Killers of the Flower Moon, which I would recommend by the way, very good movie, y'all. Uh that is a movie all about kind of subterfuge and intrigue and behind the scenes betrayal and it's got this very driving sort of sub- suspicious soundtrack that that the whole time is just thrumming and thrumming and thrumming and then as i'm hearing about you know all this maneuvering and everything that's going on and and who's going to lose their job who's going to replace i just couldn't be struck by how devious some of this um some of college football can be and 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 these moves that are made and and the plans that are laid and um what i don't know is if they have a dc lined up already uh i do feel uh kenny nichols says hire alex grinch see that's where else it's kind of funny right you think about all the influencing (laughs) factors in a decision like this and i think it's impossible to deny that alex grinch didn't factor into this decision making Mm -hmm. Because you saw how much damage it's done to not just the actual wins and losses of the USC program, but to the belief in Lincoln Riley. As all of a sudden, everybody thinks Lincoln Riley sucks, um, which is crazy. When, when he was 11-1 and one going to play in the Pac-12 championship, we thought he was maybe one of the best coaches in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, is he even tier two? So, it, so I think that played a role. Um, in terms of what's next, I don't know about D.C., I feel uh, uh, there is a lot of rumors, again, but nothing's ever official until it's official. The Mm -hmm. prime example of this is my old man is like best friends with Ed Ogeron. O told him one year he was coming to be LSU's defensive line coach. My dad goes public with it. That same, told him he could. That same day, Lane Kiffin flies in a helicopter to Destin where Coach O is on vacation offers him multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars more and takes him to Tennessee. So anything could change last minute. Mm -hmm. But I think right now they're trying to bring in Bo Davis from Texas as the D-line coach, steal him away like they stole away Cortez Hankton from Georgia. And they're trying to bring in Corey Raymond, bring Corey Raymond back, the godfather of DBU, to try to resuscitate some of that uh, defensive backfield. And then in terms of D.C., I'm I'm not – sure in that regard and again i don't know if those moves are going to go through but that's the ideas uh that i've been hearing from a lot of different directions like that's something it's all over tigers i don't think that's anything uh that's really blowing anybody's mind well and and i'll say this about the job it is it it is different than than the usc job like if you had to rank one like okay which one would you rather have the the southern cal job or the lsu job i'm taking the lsu job all day every day because it's a very attractive job i mean it's it's one of the more attractive defensive jobs in america i would think because of the history because of the ability to recruit because of the type of athlete that is in louisiana you and i kind of hit on the 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 recruiting topic a little bit yesterday i mean they just got a a five-star flip at the you know at the defense tackle position you know you can recruit the state of louisiana and get guys uh that are outside the new orleans kind of kind of area and and, and and turn those guys into NFL talent. They, they, they do it better almost than anyone else in the country. Yeah. It's like the talent is there, the traditions there, the resources are there, the want is there, the history is there. This is a really it's a sexy job, man. It's a sexy it job. And, 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 gotta, you, and they were paying that house two million dollars. Yeah. And, and you and you have Brian Kelly as the head coach too. And I think there's um, a lot of security and I think there's a lot of security knowing that Brian Kelly ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Like that's Brian a Kelly very said. fair point. Now, maybe you're feeling a little insecure because this is now two years in a row that Kelly has proven he will make the tough decisions. I mean, again, Brian Polian got fired after year one and Brian Polian was his first hire. That yeah. was the hand of the king. But special teams went so awry that he moved on. So like he will make the tough decisions. There's a lot of talk and chat about Kelly to Michigan. Um, look, I, I think that there's a ton of hypotheticals. Michigan, Michigan has their guy if Harbaugh moves on. Okay. So for that, okay, so I was going to say a few things. First off, there's a ton of hypotheticals there. Secondly, um, 
it always remember guys it behooves any agent to keep their client's name in any job opening because it becomes leverage to get more money. It's why I still don't believe that A&M was going to hire Stoops, though maybe they were. Like, you always want your guy's name to be involved. And as Aaron just said, uh, Michigan wouldn't want Brian Kelly. I think Michigan would go Sherrod Moore. All day, every day. All day, yeah. every day. I mean, he, he's uh, what you've seen from the offense for Michigan, the fact that he was at the head coach Alabama for the majority of the time. Game plan was a massive. Yeah, it's, it's, he is going to be the next guy if Harbaugh does decide to move on. The, the, war, the question for me is, how worried is LSU heading into next season knowing that now you have to replace both coordinators? It's a, it's a, big, it's a tall task, and, and now a conference that adds two powerhouses to it. Well, like, is I would worried say- they're falling behind? You know. Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Ole Miss is is rolling right now. Like, at are we the risk about, like, of a being a LSU team all of a sudden? Well, okay, no. Well, that's what's interesting because I thought middle of the pack if you ran it back with House. So already now you're just thinking regardless. I know, I know, but I'm saying defensive coordinator change. You think, okay, you've now probably improved on that side of the ball, especially if you do go get a Bo Davis Hopefully. and a Corey Raymond, yeah. right? So, um, so you maybe score that a little higher. And when it comes to offense, I don't know exactly what we're going to do there, but I'm guessing it's going to be in-house. Joe Sloan's the quarterback's coach. He's been mm-hmm. a coordinator before. They just had him and Cortez Hankton as co-OCs. How do you keep both those guys happy? I don't know, but I think it's probably going to be Joe Sloan. And the thing is, um, again, Brian Kelly, too, it is like his side of the ball is the offense. He sits in the yep. meeting with the quarterbacks. So, like, and he's the one that found Tommy Reese, right? Like, so like mm-hmm. I, I trust Brian Kelly in that regard. So it's not easy, but you feel like you almost automatically improve on defense because there's nowhere to go but up. And you were always going to fall on offense. Um, mm-hmm. so it's just, you know, how, how much at this point? Um, John Schultz in the chat. Appreciate it. Over 800 in the chat. Hell of a love, love the live response today. Obviously, we have our, our, Insider T Bob there in Baton Rouge. Oh, bro, we're almost goodies. at twelve five. We're at twelve four, dude. I know, I know. We're almost at twelve five, which was the goal. So let's see if we can do it this show. Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Appreciate everyone joining us on a Wednesday. Um, hanging out, man. Breaking out LSU, the future of them tigers. Um, so yeah, I think that I mean, let's be clear. LSU still has major hurdles to overcome. Makai Wingo's going to the draft, so you're losing an All-American mm-hmm. interior defensive lineman. Um, the secondary that you do... Here's the deal. You better hope, because I know LSU had personnel issues, right? But my evaluation mm-hmm. is that you had personnel issues exacerbated by coaching. Mm-hmm. I hope that I'm correct, because if the players just really aren't that good, which, I mean, I don't know. Look, when you got... Wisconsin wide receivers cooking your DBs. That's a problem. If the players really aren't that good, then maybe this doesn't lead to the improvement. They're they're not. I know. I agree. I agree. Look, I think when you look at the lack of development for Mason Smith, the fact that Makai Wingo took such a step back, uh, the fact that Harold Perkins completely disappeared. Yes, I feel like they should all benefit greatly off of this move and you should be better on that side of the ball. Does that improvement, though, again, offset the step back? that you'll take offensively just because, I mean, the offense is going to be awesome. Don't get me wrong, but you're yeah. just not going to have Jaden Daniels. The offense will be great. I mean, there's too much skill in the offensive line returns. I think that's, that's, that's as we've learned this season from watching some of these teams, if you have an offensive line, you have a chance. Yeah, um, true. And LSU is returning an offensive line and, 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 and a pretty damn good one as well. And, and another offensive line will be fighting for that Joe Moore award uh, by the next season. So like they're going to have the skill. They're going to have the offensive line. I, I think we've all been waiting to see what Garrett Nussmeyer looks like when he is fully unleashed uh, and given the chance. And he looked really good last year versus Georgia in the SC championship game. You know, mind you, it was kind of, you know, a mop-up duty at the end when, when the game was over with. But then uh, you've seen it throughout the past two years. Then obviously you saw it in the bowl game. And then you said it well yesterday, like in situational football, being able to have the cojones to drive the team down the field to win a bowl game. Like that's when you know the guy's got some rocks. Like that's what I want to know out of my quarterback in situational football. Can you put the team on your back, drive him down the field, regardless of good, bad, whatever talent around you? He did that in the bowl game. So yeah, I feel really good about the offense that, why it may not be the number one offense in the SEC, maybe number, you know one of the top five offenses in the country, it's still going to be really competitive. It's probably still going to be a top five offense in this conference. 
It's just can the defense. Oh, I think it'll definitely get be better. And I think like the defense has to get better. Defense. Has well, to get they'll better. they'll get again. They will get better because that's why everybody got fired because it's yeah. literally almost impossible to get worse. I mean, it is. You could you could be worse. You be you could be you could you could you could let Vanderbilt pass you. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I, mean, I said almost. You technically, there. could said, be worse. I said almost. You could almost impossible yeah. to be worse. So there's. It, it's just a matter of how much better. Uh, Chance Babin, will the new DC not want to hire his own position coaches? That's a good question. But then again, um, when you're talking about a guy like Bo Davis, that is a guy that almost anybody would take on their staff for defensive line coach, expert recruiter, developed a lot of good talent through the years. And when you're talking to a guy like Corey Raymond, especially in Louisiana, he's a Louisiana legend mm -hmm. in terms of understanding um, the culture, how to land guys. Also, what I what Chance's question really makes me wonder is is part of this timing. Part of it was certainly finishing the season, all this other stuff. Um, were they able to line up DC candidates without it getting out? That's the because as I said, would they, they, would they have care, like, would, does that matter though? I mean, does that really matter? What? Like keeping it a secret. Like, does that, does that, well, why, whether why, why it would, that, why or would not, you care? They, no, my point is whether it mattered or not, they did it. Well, because yeah, they don't, they, 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 but I mean, no, they, they had, they, they had everyone like I, 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 just two days ago before I got that call, I was saying that I believe that it was more likely than not that house was going to be back. Mm -hmm. Um, from everything I'd heard, well, you, and also, you, you and I have also talked offline and, and about even, how there was, even, well, I would say this even a couple weeks ago. I think Brian Kelly thought Matt House was coming back, unless he was doing some deep level games that go beyond what I think makes sense. Well, well, also you and I kind of talked offline about the possible pow other powers in this situation that were kind of making the decision of we want to move on. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Not, so it's, it's we know it's not always the coach that has the final say in these these spots, and not not I don't know if, if Brian Kelly did or did not you know, come down with the hammer and say enough's enough, especially after the bowl game. But like, there's a lot of people who, who, especially in this part of the country have a hand in the cookie jar when it comes to making See, and, and this word gets tough. Cause it's just tough to know what to believe because it especially was kind of feeling, like Louisiana. True. I mean, you laugh, but I know. depressingly true. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the, the, the thing where it gets in, that's just really hard to parse is, so, like I said, originally, I think Brian Kelly was even kind of saying that House was going to be back. But what's the motivation behind that? Yeah. Was he told we don't have the money or did he want mm -hmm. to keep him? Was it coming from above him or was it all a game? And the whole time he was saying this, it was never going to be happening. Like, you just don't know the, the, the political machinations in college football are fucking fantastic. Like Greg Lamont raises a good point in the chat talking about how um, a lot of us on local radio were kind of used as mouthpieces for this stuff and always are saying, I'm just convinced Woodward was floating this narrative to put pressure on the money people, right? We don't have the money. We don't have the money mm -hmm. in the bowl game. And they're like, well, fuck it, coach. Here's the money. You know, so I, I, I cannot say how any of this went down with exact certainty. Um, I, I have trouble believing that it all went down post bowl game, but Maybe so. I'm going to be interested to see how fast they move on a DC hire. I think that'll tell us how much uh, and how long this has kind of been in the works for. I feel like you got to make it sooner rather than later, though. I mean, this this you, you can't just you, you have to one obviously roster retention. Two, you you get a lot more time with players than than, than you know a decade ago. Like you get to be actually meet with these guys in the off season to start implementing your game plan. Obviously, there's spring ball that's coming on. There's the the true, I guess, the second signing day that's coming on. So I, I don't think this the timing, is something that the you, timing doesn't make sense. It's not ideal because you had guys leave that maybe wouldn't have left, yeah. but it's also not bad because of what you just no. It's 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 not terrible, but I don't. I, I'm not saying like you 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 don't want to give this a month. I think this needs to be done in the next couple of weeks. Um. Yeah. No. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. No. The hire needs to be made sooner rather than yes. later. What I'm saying is like if you had maybe announced his firing even a bit earlier, like does a Makai Wingo go to league? Maybe so because he loved okay. Robert Steeples all the way from high school. Like that's one of his boys, and he also got fired. So maybe he'd just be done with it anyway. Um, Kobe Myers in the chat. Dave Aranda. I, I, if Dave Aranda would have wouldn't let go, I think this would have been done a little bit sooner. But Dave Aranda back at back at Baylor. 
again from what i've heard but who knows about any of this yeah and he's back at baylor so it doesn't matter yeah. but I, I don't know that he would have um i don't know how much appetite there was to bring aranda back anyway uh maybe so really um i don't know i'm just saying i don't know like okay so greg lamont's talking about one of the local hosts here in baton rouge uh he says matt carried the water and let y'all do the work as well and then um, another commenter, Dwayne D, says, Lady Viscone was putting out the we don't have money BS. Don't believe a word that dude says. So the the issue with interpreting it that way, talking about being it carrying the water or not being leaving a word the person says, is that that makes it sound like he's in on the scheme. Um, what's the old saying, Aaron? The only way to keep a secret or if two people know a secret, everyone does, like something along mm -hmm. those lines, right? Like, it's nothing that uh, purposeful if you're in the local media, um, at least not if they're trying to truly keep it secret. Like the people who are telling me stuff, the people who are telling mad stuff, they believe what they are telling you where the falsehoods and kind of subterfuge ends is a big question. And with Woodward and how he plays this thing, he seems to keep as tight of a circle as I have ever seen mm -hmm. in these scenarios. So it would not surprise me at all if people who generally are in the know and have a ton of power are just being fed misleading information, yeah. knowing that it will trickle down into the media. And that's our guys that they think are good sources. And so we talk about it and then it's like, oh, well, it was all a, uh, it was all lie. It's, it's, it's it's pretty let me, crazy. Let me ask, let me ask you this because I, I I said about five ten minutes ago that that Brian Kelly, I I truly believe is a top ten coach in America. I think he's that next tier of guy that hasn't won a natty that you know has been obviously has had opportunities and, and has knocked on the door to, to to be able to do that. But if it is year four, and they do take a step back, will this be year three? This is year. Oh, this is year, year three. three. Year three. My body. Whatever. Year three, year four. But year three is the big year, though. Like year and three he's been, is and the he's year. been painting it as the big year. He has been painting it as well, even he pre, made, made even the excuses before this season. season. Well, yeah, he, he made the excuses before this season saying, like, guys, like everyone is kind of going crazy because you know, we won the 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 women's basketball national championship, we won the baseball national championship, like both coaches in their second season. So now all of a sudden the joke was, Oh my god, football year two with Brian yeah. Kelly, a coach of that caliber, he's gonna break through and win a natty. And he's like, guys, like bump the brakes. Like, we have some major issues on defense, especially in the, the like he told us, and we all thought he was kind of BSing, but it was ended up being true, like they weren't good on that side of the football, but this is year three. Mm -hmm. You're making, you're having to make major changes with both OC and DC. If and you you're losing a, winner. And yeah. losing, if, if you do take a major step back, say LSU seven and five next year. Oh, that would be. I mean, have you seen their schedule? Though seven and five seems hard to believe. So LSU schedule is interesting in that they play ten of twelve Power Five teams. But when you think about how you think about these teams today on January third, it's not quite as intimidating as it seems on the surface. Uh, first off, thank you, Willie Manthony. He says three people can keep a secret if two are dead. Exactly right. That's what I was trying to get at. But um, so LSU opens with the USC in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Looked way more intimidating six months ago. Right? They don't even have a quarterback now. Trying to figure it out. Um. They have, uh, and then I'm, I'm just going to read the big ones here. Uh, South Carolina, way down. UCLA, mm -hmm. down. Ole Miss, okay, we'll give Ole Miss that. But it's at home. Um, yeah. At Arkansas, at A&M, that doesn't feel like you thought it would. Mm -mm. Um, Alabama, obviously, but again, Alabama's at home. Uh, at Florida, Florida's way down. Then Vanderbilt, and then even home versus Oklahoma, who you would have thought was very good. But now he's working in an entire new offensive line, a new quarterback, and the defense continues to disappoint in the biggest stages. Mm -hmm. So it's, I see two losses there. Yeah. So like a full seven and five would be a disaster. Oh, it would be a disaster. Um, I'm just saying, like, they, they, and this is a big Kelly's year. He's going to have to stack another big win a la Alabama. Like, he's done a good job of beating the teams he's supposed to beat. Like, look at LSU's three losses this year. It's to top 10 teams. It's to mm -hmm. Florida State, uh, Ole Miss, and Alabama. There's no shame in those losses, but Kelly was brought here to start to win those games, mm -hmm. and year three is going to be when people are going to want to win them. Hayden makes a really funny and, and crazy comment in this whole thing. What's wild is we still got 10 wins with a historically bad defense. Like That is pretty amazing. 
to be that yeah. bad on one side of the football well, but, but, and but, still but, get again, 10 wins. That's how you come up with the money to do this because yes. you fucking wasted the offense. Yeah. You wasted such a good offense. But um, how many teams how many teams could be that bad on one side of the football and still get to 10 wins? Uh no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, but that's again, that's that's where it's like even when well, Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman. Sure, but I think it's also it's it's yes, it's the offense T, but it's also I part of the reason why I do believe Brian Kelly is the right guy. Like to be able to keep the ship moving in the right direction. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. And to, that's and fair. to keep the because I've been a part of locker rooms where one side of the football is not great, and you can feel the pressure. You can feel guys on the other side of the football get really pissed off and frustrated, and it can divide a football team. It can cause mm-hmm. issues in the locker room. And I never really felt like that was going on in Baton Rouge. Like I, I still felt like that team showed up every week and fought on both sides of the football, and, and obviously one side really put the other side on its back. But like for him to be able to navigate those waters with a, that bad of a defense and still get the ten wins and get a Heisman Trophy winner on offense, like. I, I, I think that does show you the caliber of coach that he is. Yeah, so uh, I, I I would agree. Um, I think that most among the LSU fan base would qualify this as a very good day. Uh, again, though, um, even though I do feel uh, for those families, but football's a meritocracy, you know? And uh, even if they had just done bad, everybody would have been brought back. It's only mm-hmm. that be- it became just a disaster as to why it um, why it broke. Then uh, um, mm. Tigers. I'm lo- I'm trying to look at some of these comments. Um, uh, Anthony Mazzano is asking a bunch of questions about um, LSU, co- uh, like. Uh, with the respected connections he has with the coaches in high school football, Louisiana, is there a possibility you guys could see Brian Kelly steal uh, Lance Gidry from Miami? I, I don't know about recruiting well enough to say, dude. We'll see. I do. Brian Kelly has done a very good job of Louisiana recruiting, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, is all it's that um, accent. It's that accent he's got. I yeah, mean, he exactly. just he can really just get into a home of 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 someone there in the swamp and just really just make him feel like he's a part of their culture. <laughs> Um, all right, let's, I think we've said, I think, I think, I think that's about all to be said for now. Hey, 12, five boy. There we go. Oh, 12, five live during the show. Let's fucking go, dude. Hell yeah. 12.5 by the natty mission accomplished. Love y'all dude. Thank you, man. Big red two, four, three says Jackson Arnold is feasting on that LSU defense next year. Regardless. I'll say this. I'll say this for Oklahoma. That is the last game of the season, meaning that we will know whether or not how badass Jackson Arnold is. Like he'll yeah. at least have an entire season to try to get great and to try to um to try to get uh sorry, I'm distracted by the 12-5 celebration. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll know about Jackson Arnold there. I, I still like Oklahoma's odd man. I keep talking about it. I know you Oklahoma mm-hmm. fans fucking hate me because I talked about it last last offseason, but like I just I just don't know what to make of him because right when they start to make you believe they beat Texas, everything's fucking awesome. You lose to Kansas. You lose to Oklahoma state. You blow a golden opportunity to win the big 12 in your last year there. You allow Texas to win it. Despite the fact you have the head to head, then you lose your entire offensive line. You force Dylan Gabriel out of town. And then in the ball game, it's not just the offense. The defense fucking sucks. (laughs) It loses you the game. And so I don't know what to make of Texas. Even or, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, even though you have a 10 and 2 regular season, we still have to decide whether or not we think Brian Keller uh uh Brent Venables is good. Gulf South 1.2K here in the chat. What's most snaps have for a live show? I want to say riding the Colorado Dion wave a couple times during this season, and maybe Ohio State Michigan last. Like we've we've had a couple I think, times. Yeah, I think the post, uh, two post, or three yeah, post yeah, post SEC championship was a uh no, I'm telling life. you, I think it was, I think it was, um, the Dion where I almost missed my game. Cause we were doing the live show. Yeah. 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 Colorado Dion, I think was our number. Okay. Oh, yeah, it looks like Colorado Dion, UJ Colin, and then Pollock. Um, yeah. Hit the like button guys. If you're hanging out here. All right. Thank you so much for watching. All right. Let's go to, uh, another interesting story where, uh, oh, and I want to get into some of this quarterback transfer portal news. Let me bring up my Google Doc from earlier. Uh, but Ohio State, uh, an Ohio State lineman came out and went on a podcast 
And when it rains, it pours for mm. Ryan Day. He came out on this podcast and basically said they didn't practice that much for the bowl game. He said they did some light workouts, some light practices, which again, I'm not, you don't want to do like a full on another camp, no. but how he said it made it seem like their focus was kind of elsewhere. And look, we know what the calendar is, so that would kind of make sense. It's just, um, it just comes at the worst possible fucking time mm-hmm. for Ryan Day because already, and it's so crazy how things quickly things could change. I mean, last year he's one play away from winning a national championship. I think they would have beaten TCU, not like Georgia, well, they beat him, but they would have. They would have beat them. They would have beat them. There's so no he has one play away from winning a national championship. Now he's lost three times in a row to Michigan. He just lost to Mizzou. He's got a center out here saying that they didn't really practice that hard or work that hard leading up to it. Uh, that podcast has now been deleted to tell you that somebody got a little defensive and made them mm-hmm. delete it. And uh, on the uh, kind of ancillary part of the story, like LSU just had a very good tackle leap. Lance Hurd, right? And everybody's like, why? And it's like, well, LSU didn't want to pay him how much Hurd wanted. But in that same pod, the Ohio State alignment is talking about a teammate that just left for Miami that's getting a million dollars a year mm. from Miami. So if you have a player leave your roster, just understand they're just doing it a lot of times for playing time and to make more money, which are like the yeah. two most understandable things in the entire world. But yeah, just kind of shit seems to be swirling around Ryan Day right now. Well, and and, and I'll, I'll I'll somewhat defend him here with with the whole practice. I mean, one like it, it it is bowl practice, and and you and I have been there before. Like it is a mixture of fun slash getting reps for a lot of the young guys. Like I remember there's practices where I didn't even practice. Like it was Jeez. literally just we knew you. I, I grew up in less miles. Yeah. We used to do fucking camp. We had fall we did it. Good. It was so we had, we had a couple of days where literally like I would sit on the sidelines and we would just scrimmage the young guys. Like it was like, all right, oh, no. twos versus twos. <laughs> we're gonna do a scrimmage and we're just gonna let those guys kind of get some reps because they've been kind of scout team guys the entire year. So like and then you know, obviously you're doing the traveling, you're doing this event and that event, and all there's a many things. But to defend him, as soon as the the, the portal opened, not that like they got completely gutted, but they had some key pieces leave. Yeah, I think he's, and then this is this goes to the calendar issue that you and I have talked about. Like, how easy is it to 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 game plan and get ready for a a bowl game when you're Ohio State, knowing that you're not in the playoffs, when you know that you have to go find a quarterback, when you have to go find this position, when you have to go find that yeah. position, when you're trying to figure out ways in which you could be more competitive with Michigan. There's and you're trying to work in a new quarterback because you don't have Kyle McCord. <laughs> like, there's a lot of shit that is going on these coaches' plates right now, and a, and a guy that lost a lot of things that that especially on the offside of the football. So, I get why there's some distraction, and that goes to like what's yeah, like the calendar needs to be cleaned up so these coaches can just say, okay, I have to get ready for a bowl game. I have to get ready for the playoffs, not I need to go recruit. I need to go with the portal. I need to go figure out this, that. I have to go figure out how to get my offensive lineman a million bucks because he's about to go to Miami. Like shit like that takes away from you being able to run a very good practice. Uh, I, I I agree. But, but, and, 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 okay, to be fair, I think you're exactly right. Like too much is going to be made of this story. Way too much. Um, but it will be made. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just because people are angry. And when people are angry, any shred of information that is going to further that anger will be highlighted. See, I don't, I don't, well, like Poppy says that. they're going to win the big, ten. bro. You don't think Ohio State fans are fucking angry losing I don't think they're as angry. three years in a row? I don't feel as much anger as I did a year ago because I feel like fans knew that last year's, last year's team was better and the game was at home. I think, okay, people, but I, think, I, think I think part of the blame goes to, we didn't have a good quarterback this year. I think some of that is being deflected on the quarterback situation and less. Well, they don't day. have a good quarterback now. Who are they going to get? Need, well, uh, what's his name from Kansas State's about to take a visit there? They need to get his ass. Are they in trouble? We just saw. Okay, so you're telling me, like, if Will Howard is your God, that's I'm not, not saying he's. That's I'm not, not saying much that he's better. Than you it's better. Yes, it's better than what you had this year. It's better what you have on the roster right now. Will Howard's significantly better than Kyle McCord. Yes. Okay. And he is significantly better than what I saw in the bowl game. Significantly okay. better. If they don't get Will Howard, they're in trouble next year. Um. So there is a new name that just entered the mix, although it feels like there's clear connections here. But um, Caden Salter from Liberty entering the mm-hmm. transfer portal. Now, of course, of course, 
Um, Caden Salter played at Liberty for Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze is one of the other major brands that is stacking mm -hmm. weapons in desperate need of a quarterback. I don't know about how Salter feels about Hugh Freeze. What I do know, if I'm Caden Salter, I can make a lot of money getting in a bidding war between USC, Ohio State, and Auburn right but now. But didn't we just find out that Ohio State's not paying players? Didn't we, didn't we no, just no, have no, the no, discussion? No, no, no. As, 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 as Hinsman kind of, I think it was more of like a, we're not paying a million dollars to a lineman or to yeah. that player specifically. I, I Ohio State's paying players. Remember, Ryan Day did he also said, talk about it. He said $11 in, million in dollars or whatever. He was quoted saying Ohio State doesn't like to play players in general, period. Which is the same shit that you Georgia fans like to claim. And then you're like, no, oh, Kirby wait, doesn't like to pay Georgia freshmen. Different. Georgia freshmen. actually spent more money no, uh, no, and a higher no. recruiting budget. This is a fact. They had a higher right. recruiting. They had a higher recruiting budget in terms of yeah. the expenses, what they spend on recruiting. This is not a night. This is not paying high school yes, players. Thank you. Thank you. But, but, but we would be naive to think that it doesn't extend to that. Uh, they spent more on recruiting by a wide margin than anybody else in the country. Anybody else in the entire country. Yeah. Cause Kirby takes a, a, a fucking helicopter everywhere. That shit ain't cheap. Um, yeah, I know. No, look, it fucking works, dude. Look at the results. I'm not saying you're not getting your money's worth, sure but don't fucking sit here. Don't, don't fucking sit here and say that we don't want to pay players. Like Ohio state fans can't say that either. I, I think, uh, I think the quarterback situation a just told us it takes like 7 million or 11 million to keep a roster together. I, I think, I think it, it comes down to a lot of times when it comes to, and I was like, how desperate are you? And Auburn has money. And I think Auburn after the bowl game, also themselves realize that we need a quarterback or it's going to be the same shit next year. And so does Ohio State. And fuck, so does USC kind of still right now. Mm. I mean, we're not as high on... I think Auburn, Auburn has... Auburn, I don't think you realize that Auburn's got some money to spend. Oh, no, I know. And, and I mean, shit, I don't realize they've fucking been spending it. I know. And, um... Well, and again, Hugh Freeze and Caden Salter literally were yeah. together. Now, the only way that could get problematic is like, what if Caden Salter just didn't like Hugh Freeze? Yeah. So we 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 don't know. Well, how about a few freeze just didn't like him either? I mean, there goes that way too. Like you know him true, personally. True. Also, like, in terms of uh, Katie told you maybe like who's that? Um, he threw for three thousand yards last year, thirty-two touchdowns, six picks. He ran for a thousand with twelve more touchdowns. Yep. Uh, he was fourth in the nation in yards per attempt, nine point nine two. game mid year. I had a Liberty game mid-year. He's talented now. Good size, good arm. I mean, he's a effort. massive upgrade over Peyton Thorne. If you were an Auburn fan, you would be ecstatic if you landed Salter. Yes. Yes. Especially now because he has dogs to throw to. I, <laughs> I kind of agree with Dobby. This is how Ryan Day strikes me as well. Ryan Day is the type of guy who would pay for ab and bicep implants so badly wants to be a tough dude. I mean, that feels kind of accurate. I don't know Ryan Day at all, but outside looking in, that, that feels... Um, yeah, I could see it. Um, all right, let's talk a little national championship, but real quick before we do, let's hear from our friends at DraftKings. College football fans, the championship is here. The DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks as new customers can score $150 instantly at bonus bets for betting just $5 on the championship game. Okay, so if you've been putting it off, Act now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B. You bet $5 on the championship game. Win or lose, you get $150 instantly in bonus bets. What a win with your friends at DraftKings. Because it's more fun when you're in the action. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Promo code T-B-O-B. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. 
JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right, Washington, Michigan. I've been thinking about this team a lot, or this game a lot, Aaron. And uh, tomorrow we're going to really break down the game in terms of who we think is going to win. Although after this morning, I'm starting to lean back towards Washington. Um, so I'm back towards Michigan. All of a sudden, after you are. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm flipping over to to, to, to Michigan for. Uh, I don't want to save all my juice because I do want to you know dive deep into the game tomorrow with you. But yeah, I'm starting to like dive back into Michigan all of a sudden. Kind of how Michigan's been built and who they've been the past three years is very similar to the team they're going to be facing this week. Um, so what I love about both of these teams though, Aaron, and I wonder if we'll see this more in this new era where things are a bit more mercenary, Mm -hmm. but, um, these are two teams where the whole is greater than the sum of their parts. And they are two teams that fly in the face of a lot of what we had come to accept as basic college football truths. And maybe this is just a year where everything lines up and we get back to normal next year and this all goes away, right? Uh, But Walsh, remember we talk about blue chip ratio all the time. If you don't have over 50 cent blue chippers, you're just not going to win the natty. Um, The last team that would have done so, but it was before they tracked this thing, was the Jameis Winston FSU team. Um, Washington does not have 50 cent, not even close. Uh, so if they win, that would really break that apart. Even Michigan, I think, barely breaks the threshold at 50%, much less than a lot of the teams they finished ahead of. Um, and what I love about Washington, even and now Michigan doesn't represent this much, is they kind of fly in the face of analytics. Mm-hmm. Like all the number, like ESPN's FPI or whatever gave Texas like a 74% chance of winning last game or something like Vegas is consistently telling you this Washington team shouldn't be good enough. They should lose. And yet 
because of the human element, because of the concept of team, where football is still the ultimate team game because of intangibles, because of situational toughness, both these teams now find themselves in the national championship. And this year, college football, they are clearly the best teams. Their yeah. resumes are unassailable. Mm -hmm. Washington's resume, the Pac-12 was the second best conference this year. They beat the top five finishers in the Pac-12. Yep. And just beat the Big 12 champ. And really controlled the game. Like it shouldn't, Texas should not have had a chance to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah. that was the worry part of watching that game was like the fact that it felt like Washington was 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 kicking ass, yeah. yet it was tied up. You're like, e that doesn't feel good. Well, not but, just that. I mean, like, like they they never had a lead, Texas, right? No, like Texas literally, mm -hmm. if Dylan Johnson hadn't gotten hurt, Texas literally should not have even had the opportunity, save for maybe a twelve second Hail Mary, Hail Mary yeah. to try to win, right? Um, so that's a proven Washington team. Uh, you look at uh, uh, Michigan, and though much of the schedule was easy, uh, finishing Ohio State, Penn State, and now, of course, Alabama proves beyond a shadow. So two unassailable participants in this natty that fly in the face of a lot of what we had, had accepted as the only way to success in college football. And that makes me very excited. Well, it's it's two different it's two different ways to do it. Like Jim Harbaugh was given the time to build the roster, and you go back to even when he took the the, the, the pay cut. Like they wanted him out, they kept him they kept him there during the COVID year, and it paid off. Like he got the team to where they are now, a, a very tough SEC type football team. Kalen DeBoer is just an incredible coach. Like we we've been over the stats before. Like you look at his record, you know from from previous coaching stops. Yeah, they might have been at, at lower leagues. He knows how to win football games. And then you pair that with, and I know a lot of people make fun of this, but with a veteran quarterback who's played a lot of football. So like yeah. you have one coach who's had a, 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 a the time to build a culture and the time to implement their um their 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 periods of beat Ohio State and beat Georgia and, well, and continue yeah, and had just to a all yeah, he did, and, and continued to kind of push that into the faces of their players over and over again, just beat it into their heads until they truly believed that they were good enough to go out there and beat anyone in the country. And then you just have a guy that is, I still believe in him, but I am interesting to see what that culture and how it moves forward for Washington after this year once you do lose your veteran quarterback who's played a lot of football. And I think it'll be uh fine. But I do think Michigan has built a very sustainable culture going forward, which I even said yeah. this yesterday too, a little bit, where even if Harbaugh leaves, I think if, if if Moore is the next head coach, I don't think you see any difference in Michigan come next season. Yeah, and those things are always weird because it's not even necessarily the next year. It's can you do it over time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you think back to Miami, Larry Coker won a national championship before Larry Coker kind of ran Miami into the ground. Um, so long-term, I don't know. I don't know what Michigan would be post-Harbaugh because Harbaugh changed everything for Michigan. And traditionally, mm -hmm. Michigan has not – I mean, they haven't really won too much considering what a blue blood and how great they are. Uh, so I, I don't know how confident I am in Michigan without Harbaugh mm -hmm. going forward. Um, but immediate, no, in the immediate future, yes. I'm just talking yeah. about, like, like, can they sustain over time in the way that I think they would if um, Harbaugh remained – uh, Celeste Morrison says Washington played nine of 14 games against top 50 offenses while Michigan only played four. Washington played six teams with top 50 passing offenses while Michigan only played two. Washington played six games against top 50 rush offenses, Michigan four. Um, maybe trying to explain that the Washington defense has had a more challenging route than Michigan. No, uh, they but, have. But yeah. Washington, Washington's had more of a challenging route in general than Michigan. Michigan's had an easy yeah, schedule. Sure. Like, let's, sure. like, let's be honest. Like, the Big Ten, Michigan had their normal four-game preseason, mm -hmm. turned that into a, a, a horrendous Big Ten that, that the only true competition was Ohio State, and it was a down year for Ohio State. It was and Penn State's schedule. not an awful team. Penn State would still they're be not, the majority of teams. They're just not elite. They're not elite. It was an easy schedule. Yeah, for it, sure. It, was, it, may, it may have been the, for, for, for the, you know, if you want to name off seven or eight elite teams in college football, Michigan by far had the easiest schedule. But I still think yeah, yeah. Michigan is is built on really good bones. I think Michigan is really good on both sides in their defense. We go back to what that period was was what the first period that they implemented in practice was beat Ohio State. Their defense has been built to beat Ohio State's offense. 
with with the C.J. Strouds of the world and the Marvin Harrison Juniors and all those uh, all those elite receivers that Ohio State's had, Michigan has stomped them for three straight years now. So don't don't just think about Ohio State this year. Think about what they did to Ohio State last year. Think about what they did to Ohio State the year before. How much but different is, is that? How much different is that than what Washington is this season? Uh, it is interesting though that Marvin Harrison Jr. did get loose on him. He did. Marvin Harrison Jr. had a big time game, and now you got three Marvin Harrison Juniors. <laughs> basically looking at you when you talk about this Washington team. I mean, at least two. Oh, yeah. uh, and then you still got Westover, who's solid. And we'll we'll continue, we'll break down the game really in depth tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one before we get out of here, Aaron, uh, for all of the Bulldogs in the chat, I know that you were on your hands and knees during the FSU game begging Mahonky to come back. It looks like mm. Latinaki and Brock Bowers are going to the NFL draft, how concerned uh, should Georgia fans be here? Uh, I mean, you lose maybe the best player in college football, or most one of the most dynamic players in college football. It's like that, it hurts. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, yeah, like Georgia has other really good tight ends. You know, you saw what Oscar Delp looked like. You've seen him for the entire season. I'm still really bullish on Lawson Lucky. I think he's a young freshman who's injured most of the season. He's gonna be really talented. Um, you have young, very very, very, a lot of potential at that position. So, like, is it a massive downgrade? No. But is it a downgrade from Brock Bowers? Yeah, it's a little bit. And then those guys have some some big shoes to fill. McConkey, I love McConkey, but he didn't play most of the season. So you kind of got a feel for what those skill guys are going to be like anyways this year. So I would have loved to see him come back. And I think it might have benefited from him coming back to have a full season healthy because I do think he's he's a premier receiver in the SEC. But yeah, you, you, awesome. you saw what Georgia was without him this in, for, for 80% of the season. I mean, they got other guys. They hit the portal well. They got some other guys coming in. You got the white boy from Vanderbilt that, you know, hopefully wears his number and, and, and looks like McConkie out there in the slot again. <laughs> uh, Dwayne D says, very concerned for Georgia. They actually have a schedule with a pulse next year. It's true. Um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I, I think Georgia's probably going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I don't. My question is, when the fuck are y'all going to let Oscar Delp be Oscar Delp? Oscar Delp breeze and the announcer's like, whoa, his best Brock Bowers impression. Look at that. Oh my God, he's doing his best Brock. I think I even saw you tweeting some of that, uh, Mr. I did. I'm saying he's never going to, he's never going to get past that. Why you're They'll never you're never gonna let Delp be Delp come? You are following you are following up the greatest tight end in Georgia history, one of the best tight ends ever to play college football. You will consistently be compared to him because you do his game is very similar to Brock's. Like he does like an incredible one-handed catch and like what a catch by Bowers. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Dude. Just reminds mm-hmm. me of Brock. Like, what? No, just honor that man, dude. Um, all right. Uh, we love you so much. Thank you all so much for being here. Yeah, 12-5. That's awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Goals accomplished. Pop the bottles. I just got a real nice bottle of whiskey right here. I'm going to get into Um, Because my family's out of town. All I'm doing is watching movies, playing WoW, and drinking. It's awesome. It's like my ideal life. Not really, but for a couple days, yes. Uh, I'm T-Bob Bear. He's Aaron Murray. Uh, We got a ton of great content coming up through the NAS Championship into the offseason. We do the show year-round, by the way, guys. So hit the like button, sub to the channel, and... um, Yeah, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow for more snaps. The Volume. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.